The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. At that time, Jesus revealed himself again to his disciples at the Sea of Tiberias. He revealed himself in this way. Together were Simon Peter, Thomas, called Didymus, Nathaniel from Cana and Galilee, Zebedee's sons, and two others of his disciples. Simon Peter said to them, I am going fishing. And they said to him, We also will come with you. So they went out and got into the boat. But that night they caught nothing. When it was already dawn, Jesus was standing on the shore. But the disciples did not realize that it was Jesus. And Jesus said to them, Children, have you caught anything to eat? And they answered him, No. So he said to them, Cast the net out over the right side of the boat, and you will find something. So they cast it, and were not able to pull it in because of the number of fish. So the disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, It is the Lord. When Simon Peter heard it, that it was the Lord, he tucked in his garment, for he was lightly clad, and jumped into the sea. The other disciples came in the boat, for they were not far from shore, only about a hundred yards, dragging the net with the fish. And they climbed down on the shore. They saw a charcoal fire with fish on it and bread. And Jesus said to them, Bring some of the fish you had just caught. So Simon Peter went over and dragged the net to the shore, full of 153 large fish. Even though there were so many, the net was not torn. And Jesus said to them, Come, have breakfast. And none of the disciples dared to ask him, Who are you? Because they realized It was the Lord. Jesus came over and took the bread, gave it to him, and in like manner the fish. This was now the third time that Jesus was revealed to his disciples after being raised from the dead. When they had finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, Son of John, do you love me more than these? And Simon Peter answered him, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And Jesus said to him, Feed my lambs. He then said to Simon Peter a second time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Simon Peter answered him, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And Jesus said to him, Tend my sheep. And Jesus said to him a third time, Simon, son of John, 
Do you love me? Peter was distressed that Jesus said to him a third time, Do you love me? And said to him, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. And Jesus said to him, Feed my sheep. Amen, amen, I say to you, when you were younger, you used to dress yourself and go where you wanted. But when you grow old, you will outstretch your hands and someone else will dress you and lead you where you do not want to go. He said this signifying by what kind of death he would glorify God. When he had said this, he said to him, Follow me. The Gospel of the Lord. I mentioned in one of my previous homilies how a bishop had gone to speak at a college on the West Coast back in the late 60s, early 70s. And on every window of one of the dorms, he saw the word love, spelled L-U-V. Back in the 60s and 70s, and ever since, love was turned upside down. Its meaning was twisted, in some ways perverted. Love became simply being in love, and no one was quite sure exactly how to define that. But the real concept of love has been somewhat lost because now everything is turned in on us. I mentioned once before the types of love. C.S. Lewis had his book, The Four Loves. Bishop Sheen spoke of three. Well, I'd like to review that. The first was Eros. Eros was, as you recall, that little god who went around shooting arrows into the earth to make it fertile. Eros was a love based on attraction, any kind of attraction, physical, intellectual, personal. All true friendship was based on Eros. And then came Sigmund Freud, and Eros became the erotic and was associated only with sex. That was not true in the beginning. Then Philine. Philine was a love for all humanity, as in Philadelphia the city of brotherly love. It was something we could will, whether we knew the person or not. It was a natural, human, brotherly kind of love as we used to speak of it. But when a new kind of love came into this world, a divine love, a sacrificial love, a victimal love, such as the world had never seen, the love of the cross, they had to find a new word for it. So they found a word in Greek that was seldom used and had no fixed meaning, and we know it as agape. This was a unique love, the love of the gospel, the love of the church. And that's today's gospel. We see the disciples, the Sea of Tiberias, and St. Peter says, I'm going fishing. And he must have been a natural leader because others are going to go with him, including Thomas, who will go with him as well. But our Lord had called them from fishing, and Peter wants to go back to it, and they want to follow him. You know, 
I've mentioned this every time we have this gospel. St. Gregory the Great said it was all right for them to go back to fishing because it didn't pay much. Well, with all due respect to St. Gregory, that's a pretty flimsy excuse for going back to fishing. But they went. And, of course, they catch nothing, as they did the first time they met the Lord. They catch nothing until he appears and tells them to throw the net over on the other side of the boat. Children, have you caught anything to eat? No. The right side of the boat. So they do. And, of course, there's this great catch of fish. And St. John says, it's the Lord. He recognizes him now. And Peter, impetuous as always, jumps into the sea to go to the Lord. And they bring this net, the net with 153 fish. It was thought in those days by the ancients there are 153 different species of fish in the world. And so the nets symbolized all humanity, 153 fish. That's an important number. Not very often the gospel mentions a number like that, especially a strange number like 153, but it's for that reason. And so they bring that to shore, and our Lord there has a fire. All of a sudden, Peter isn't in such of a hurry because he recognizes the fire and remembers that night. And there are fish and bread on it, a Eucharistic symbol and a symbol of the church, too. Again, the gospel doesn't mention that by accident. Um, And so they bring the net, and our Lord tells them to come and have breakfast. Now, he's preparing something for them and for us. Remember, once again, we are not just outsiders looking in. We are insiders who are being addressed by the Lord. Uh, And we have to be honest enough to realize that. And it says... None of the disciples dared to ask him, who are you? Because they realized it was the Lord. Again, this whole idea of the resurrection has so overwhelmed them, they still cannot accept it. Can you blame them? Would we be any different, as I said last week? No, we wouldn't. We would probably also be uh, frightened and confused and, again, doubting our senses and our sanity. But they accept that. And now comes the confrontation with St. Peter. This is one of the most beautiful sections of the gospel, I think. Because you and I are in this gospel. Um, Our Lord now confronts him in a very beautiful way. Our Lord never directly says, I told you so. He never said that. Although his look must have been an interesting look that evening. We are told that the Lord turned and looked at Peter after his third denial. But now he's going to question him regarding love. And there are two different Greek words that are used in this, agape and philine. And they're important. Now, there are some scripture scholars who say it doesn't really matter. If the evangelist uses a different word, it's important. It's a different word in Latin, too. In English, we only have one word for love, again. So we have to say, you know, I um, love Maryland crab cakes. I love this baseball team. I love God. Um, But here there are two different words being used, and you and I are being asked this question, and you and I fail every much as St. Peter does daily and probably more than once in the the course of a day. So he says to him, notice, he doesn't call him Peter. He calls him Simon, son of John. He emphasizes the weak human nature. Peter, for the moment, is not there. Uh, the, The rock is gone, although he's not gone. He will remain the rock. But right now he's emphasizing the weak human nature. And so he says, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Love, do you love me in this sacrificial, victimal way that I loved you? But Peter learned his lesson, hadn't he? 
Once before, he'd gone out on a limb and told him how, how much he loved him and how brave and courageous he was. He's not going to do that again. He's not going to protest a love that he really doesn't seem to have. So Peter responds by saying, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you in a natural, human, brotherly sort of way, as you and I do, perhaps, but not the love the Lord wants. It's the love Peter is willing to give, or what he knows he's got for the moment. He's not going to promise more than he has. A Lord doesn't take away his authority. In fact, he re-emphasizes it. He affirms his authority. He says, feed my lambs. Peter still has the authority he was given in the Gospel of St. Matthew. He's not being called the rock, but he's still the head of the church and will remain so in his successors until the end of time. And then our Lord asks him a second time, Simon, son of John, do you love me in the divine, sacrificial, victimal way, the way I loved you? And St. Peter asks, answers again, yes, Lord, you know that I love you in a natural, human, brotherly sort of way. Again, he affirms his authority, tend my sheep. And then the third time. Now we know, as St. Augustine reminds us, Peter is reminded of his three denials by the three questions the Lord asks. But there's something more in this third question, too. And you and I have to face that in our lives as well, weak creatures that we are as St. Peter. The third time he asks him, Simon, son of John, do you love me in a natural, human, brotherly sort of way? Our Lord uses the word fly, no more agape. He's saying, do you even love me this much? Do you love me as much as you just said that you love me? In a natural, human, brotherly sort of way. And Peter, we are told, was distressed. First, he was asked three times as a reminder of his denials, and then the Lord has lowered the ante. He's not asking him for as much anymore because Peter won't give it to him. He's saying, do you even love me as much as you think that you love me? And most of us don't. We love less. Peter wants to love on his terms. The Lord wants love only on his own. And he will always insist upon that from us. That we love as he wants to be loved. And so St. Peter says, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you in a natural, human, brotherly sort of way. And for the third time, the Lord affirms his authority. Feed my sheep. And then he tells him about what's going to happen to him. When you were younger, you used to dress yourself and go where you wanted. And when you grow old, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will dress you and lead you where you do not want to go. And notice what the evangelist says. He said this signifying by what kind of death he would glorify God. Tradition, as we know, has it that St. Peter was crucified upside down because he said he wasn't worthy to be crucified as his Lord was crucified. Tradition also has it that the tears that Peter shed wore ridges in his cheeks whenever he remembered his own denials. He never forgot that, but Peter did learn how to love as the Lord wanted him to love. The Lord simply said to him after that, without asking for any more affirmations, follow me. That's his one word to us, too. Whatever your love may be, follow me. You've got to come to me. So there we are. 
we are like St. Peter, aren't we? We are so much in his image with our uh, flimsy excuses. And we do love, don't we? We wouldn't be here if we didn't have some love, even if it's only the love of obedience. That's a, that's a good love. It's one of the best of beginnings. But our love is not yet what we want it to be. Do you remember St. Therese of Lisieux, who said she wanted to be an apostle, she wanted to be a martyr, she wanted to do all these wonderful things, and then she said she finally realized what her vocation was. Her vocation was simply to love. To love right where she was in as perfect a way as she could. And that's what made her a saint, because she loved as she was called to love. And you and I are also. But again, there's that reality of the Eucharist. When we come here, that's the question we're being asked, aren't we? Um, before we receive the Eucharist, do you love me as I loved you? Because you're going to come up and receive a crucified and risen Lord, and you have to be open to receiving that into yourselves. So it demands agape, the divine sacrificial victim of love. The Lord will take less, but he will never be satisfied with anything less than that. That's the funny thing about God, isn't it? He will take less, but he will never be satisfied with anything less than the perfect love that he wants to give us. And so St. Peter went and died as he was supposed to die. But, you know, uh, there was a hymn that Father Monsignor Knox translated, a very short one, uh, that sums it up, I think. He said, Lord, by the stripes men laid on thee, grant us from death to be set free. This our greeting, still repeating, Alleluia. <laughs>